I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact, will do greater works than these. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So as I came up into the pulpit, I noticed that uh, Mother Sarah's sermon from last Sunday is here. Maybe I should preach this one. I, I'm, a, I'm a man of many minds. <laughs> I like that phrase uh, when I hear it used. Um, you ask somebody what they think about something, and they say, well, I, I'm, a, I'm a man of many minds on that issue. And what it's alluding to is sometimes, often, the complexity of things, that it is possible to think differently or in many ways about an issue because of the way that issue sometimes is placed into specific contexts. And so it, you know, it changes depending on the context. There's a Pentecostal somewhere deep inside of me. And I don't know if anybody in the room or is watching via the stream comes from a Pentecostal tradition. I don't. Um, I was raised in a very mainstream, mainline, uh, Northern Baptist church. But as I've learned and studied and seen the different phenomenon in the Christian story and narrative, I have taken notice of this idea of God's spirit descending on the community of people. And the word Pentecost comes from that story in early in Acts when there was an agricultural festival, so people had gathered from all different nations, and the Holy Spirit had descended on the apostles, and which then in that moment enabled them to go and speak the message, the story of Jesus, but each one of them speaking it were actually saying it in a language that they had never studied, if you're familiar with that story. And so all those different people at that festival were hearing the story of Jesus in their own language. Now this is different than speaking in tongues. Okay. Speaking in tongues became this later phenomenon in those early communities where people would be given, again, a gift of something that they didn't do on their own. It was just given outside of them and given to them as a gift. And they were able to speak in the language of angels. That's different than be able, be, being able to speak Greek if you've never studied it, right? This is being able to speak the language of angels having never studied it, which is good because the language of angels is not usually offered as a class in, in school. But at the heart of this is this extraordinary, extraordinary phenomenon that there are things that God wants to give you to do that is not has nothing to do with you except your willingness for God to work through you, to be open to that thing. And whether it's speaking in a strange language or maybe even something as extraordinary as praying for somebody to be healed, and they are healed because God is going to heal them through that interaction of God, you, and the person needing healing. Now the reason I say that there's a Pentecostal down deep inside of me is because, it's because of how I associate 
this phenomenon. I am a, I'm a feeling, I'm a feeler. I have feelings. I have a lot of feelings. And in fact, I've spent the better part of my adult life trying to tamp those down. Because I don't find that feelings are very helpful sometimes. Right? It's, they're just erratic and unpredictable and you can't control them. And so I'm, I've been working really hard at becoming, at tapping into my inner sociopath. Because right? I just don't know what to do with all the feelings. And yet I think my temperament is that. I think it's the primary way that I encounter things in the world. It's first through how I feel about them. And again, I've worked really hard to go on to the, another way of encountering that thing. Whether it's through reason, logic, ration, common sense, all those things. And the reason that I associate the Pentecost or that issue with feelings is as how I've observed it in the church. If you go to a worship service at a Pentecostal church, it's very, it's a lot of, you know, sort of, you know, dancing and the, the drama of the language of speaking in the language of angels, of, of healing somebody in the moment. There's a TV preacher named Benny Hinn. Anybody? Yeah. I used to always know exactly where the religious channels were on the TV, and I would always sort of swoop by just to check in, see what people were saying. And my wife, Karen, would walk by and go, would you please turn that off? <laughs> Years ago, Benny Hinn came to Oklahoma City, and he was at the, the Cox Convention Center. And I had a men's Bible group that met. This was when I lived in Shawnee at the Baptist Church. And we decided, hey, let's go. Let's go to Benny Hinn's Pentecostal healing service, our little group. And so we decided, yeah, we're going to do that. And uh, one of the guys in the group was a fuel director. And he said, I got it. We're going we're to bring the limos out. And we're all going to drive together in the limos. We're going to go to dinner, have a few beers, and then we're going to go to the Benny Hinn Healing Conference. We were doing this in great part to mock it. Right? Our, our skepticism attached to, again, the dynamic of all of that was very much at the center of this. So we, he did. He, we all got into the limo, and we drove to the city. We went to a, a pub and had dinner and drinks, and then we drove the limo to the Cox Center. We were almost late. This thing started at 7, and as we pulled up, they saw our limousine, and I think the people in control of this event decided that we must be important people because when we got out, they proceeded to escort us down to the front of this event. And it wasn't on the front row, but the, off to the, it was the front row off to the side. And as we were walking down there, I thought to myself, God is punishing us. <laughs> He's punishing me because we were doing this with the wrong spirit. You know, of making fun of or mocking these Christian people who were gathered and bringing their hope to this event, right? And we're coming to make, to ridicule it and make fun of it. And we sat down and just like you would probably suspect, you know, that they began with the opening praise and worship music and Benny Hinn, those of you who know him, um, at one point during the hymn, how great thou art, 
When the first chorus came, then sings my soul, a platform rose out of the stage with Benny Hinn on it. And he, you know, was in the white suit. It's inviting ridicule, isn't it? But again, it's the drama of it, all the big production. And then eventually in the service, you know, he preached for a little bit. He invited those who had come to that service to be healed, to come forward. And they did. And it's just like you sort of picture it. You know, he would breathe on people and they would fall down. People came up in wheelchairs and crutches. And again, we were, in, we were incredulous. We weren't sure. Is this something that is real or is this something that's just manufactured and a production? So I'm a man of many minds on this. There is a part of me that really wants to believe that God wants to work through me and you. That God wants to do a work in the relationships that you have with people who have need. And that you pray earnestly with just a mustard seed of faith. And in that small amount of faith, God will work through those relationships and God will heal the person in that moment. But then there's the other side of me that thinks that this is, this is fraught with the potential for abuse. That you're, <laughs> that you're going to then create a system where you try to manufacture this artificially. Right? You're going to try to codify it and make sure that you know, everybody follows the rules and, and the experience will repeat itself. And I think when you do that, you're, really, you're putting God in the box that God was trying to get out of in the first place. Jesus says to Philip, Philip, the words that I've said and the works that I've done have been God working through me. And you can do it too. In fact, you'll do greater things than I've done. I don't know what to do with that. I don't know how to understand that. There is a part of me that wants to believe if I would just be willing to open myself up to the movement of God's spirit in my life, that God, God, not me, would work through those relationships and bring healing to people's lives, bring wisdom to people's lives, and not just me, but also you. I don't have the answer for you this morning, but I think to wonder about this, to wonder about this, about God working through us in the same way that he worked through Jesus, I think that could hold fruit for us if we, if we want that, if we desire that. Again, as a good Episcopalian with a little bit of skepticism. Right? In the reading to 1 Peter, Peter writes to them, he says, you are a, a royal priesthood. There is this idea, this is more in the Baptist church than it is in the Episcopal church, the idea of the priesthood of all believers. And a priest in its ancient conception, and I think still today, essentially what a priest's job is to be an advocate for people to God. It's almost like being everybody's lawyer. To whatever degree God has something against you, the job of a priest is to go to God on their behalf and say, yes, 
We need your redemption. Please show mercy. Help us. Help them. And so if part of the call of you is to be God's royal priests, then the job that God wants to invite you to is to be an advocate for others. Spiritually, to be their advocate. And that too is going to require us to open up ourselves and let God work through us to be that advocate for people. That we can't do that on our own. And so where I want to leave us today as we head into our week is this idea, is to be a little bit haunted by what Jesus says to Philip. Maybe that was just meant for Philip and the apostles. But I think it's good for us to be a little bit haunted, for us to wonder, what could God do through you, through me, if we're willing to open up ourselves and allow God to work through us? What kind of wisdom and what kind of healing can we help bring to people if we'll do that? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.